0: Welcome to Oops! All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me, when he's not trying to swallow grad students in the remote deserts of Perfection, Nevada, is Gavin.
1: And this weirdo with me, when he's not being mistakenly thrown into a volcano for a sacrifice, is Hess.
0: Uh, uh oh no that's uh we're ne- we're never gonna get to cover joe versus the volcano there's no no there's no monsters in, <laughs> in that um uh, man i love joe versus the volcano it's one of the short list of movies i played on my giant outdoor screen because yeah. i love it that much anyway we are here to as we always are delight and edify you with Tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console and the tabletop and beyond. On a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop, unknown to the other presenter at the time, and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers at home. Uh, Quick reminder, images that we referenced throughout the show, including in our um Popular describing segment at the end are up on Instagram at Oops All Monsters. Uh, please get at us there and find some handy links to make the show um, a little bit uh, more interesting to listen to with a yes. visual that goes along to it. Uh, there's an extra. There's an extra piece. I want to. I want to. Uh, I need to throw a challenge to the audience, Gavin. I haven't explained to you that I haven't explained this to you yet. But I have a. I have a challenge for the next couple of weeks for our listeners going into early January, that um, we are going to offer a raffle to any listeners that support the Monster Shop, anyone who goes uh, online and makes a one-time donation of $20 or more for the holidays over at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters, or signs up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters at a $5 per month level or higher between now and, let's say, like January 5th, that's January 5th, you'll be entered into this raffle. The main prize being a a Gavin and Hess signed 8-inch Mego action figure of Q... Um, Q, the Star Trek super being portrayed by John DeLancey in the uh, sexy Tina Turner costume from his first appearance in <laughs> the first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation. So we will, we will maybe we'll write you a hilarious poem on sh- in Sharpie on it. We will put you into the raffle for the um, amazing Q action figure. So if that interests you, go over to. Paypal.me slash oops get us for at least twenty dollars on there, or sign up for a five dollar or more amount at the Patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Alright, with enough of that uh with enough of that holiday cheer business out of the way. You know, this this is probably our Christmas episode, so merry merry hollow hollow things everybody married um, this, this is, time of the year uh, yeah hap- happy uh, equinox yeah which Mary... may or may
1: not feel like um march outside
0: yeah hap- on where you're happy f- it, happy yeah. tain. it's a weird like 64 degrees here yeah. in north central it's, west virginia it's, it's insanely warm it's uh it was absurd it's, it's wet and dank
1: yeah, the the air smells like it's it's about ready to bloom
0: yeah, uh, it's very confusing, but um, <laughs> I I will only hope, Gavin, that because this is a me episode that you have brought us a word for our <laughs> top of the show segment known as... Have you brought us something in for yes. the shop for vocabulary?
2: Villainous vocabulary.
1: Yes, it's a tricky one. So this word is ah. uh is it this is this one of these
0: nightmarish um, scrabble words that's like a a yep is that it um, <laughs> if i remember correctly it's like like a lava flow or something yeah it's, it's a, like a, it's a it's ge, a, a ge, geological weird little geological phenomenon that creates islands or some shit
1: yeah it's it's a it's a jagged mass of light frothy lava like it's a specific kind of uh messed up lava that yeah. that's kind of halfway cooled, halfway flowing and yeah. it's um and it's a ah a a
0: the only reason that I know this is yeah. because if an extreme pedant hears me say that my name uh, Aaron is the second word in the dictionary. They will correct me and say that my name is the third word in the diction- dictionary. Yeah. It is not it is it is not just Ardvark Aaron. It is Ah Ardvark Aaron because yeah, um, total jackholes who play Scrabble <laughs> like with words like that um, yeah. are familiar with it because I guess it would be the first word in an English dictionary. Yeah, that um,
1: and whenever you uh, take drunks and throw him into the sky to knock down planes. Bow!
0: Bow! Bow! Um, alright, so that has been
3: Villainous Vocabulary. Villainous
2: Vocabulary.
0: I think this is the first case where one, uh, where one of us definitely knew what the thing was, is that right? Yeah, uh,
1: well... Huh. There's been a couple where we kind of knew. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you knew exactly what it was, though. That's the first time. That's
0: just because it's a fucking weird Scrabble word. It is a weird Scrabble thing. And I, I I think Scrabble should not be played like that. I think, I, I, I think Scrabble should, I don't know.
1: The, um, whenever you Google search it, um, as a word, before you get the definition, you get the question, can I be played in Scrabble?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And then it's the definition, because
0: <laughs> nobody would ever have any fucking reason to use it otherwise.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: they're un-
0: unless they're um, Joe and they're versus the volcano and they need a tiny yeah. place place to stand <laughs> yeah, with their incredibly powerful luggage.
1: Hop across the eye
0: mm, Yeah, uh, let me introduce this week's topic. So um, imagine it's uh, it's a f- we'll call it a nebulous a few years in the future. Okay. You're part of a rundown, underpaid police force in a major metropolitan city, and your force is on the brink of a strike. But you know that if this happens... The um, the super gun wielding gang maniacs and drug cultists that are taking over your city um, inch by inch every day will completely run everything. The only help is, and if you can call it help, is uh, the technological assistance of a dubious. Mega corporation that looms large <laughs> and is on the brink of buying up the entire metropolis. OCP. That's right. And but you 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 don't know what our monster is yet. You've no. got too many options. It's a couple options. But here. we're down with OCP.
1: It's, um, um, it can't possibly be the the small amount of time that that that, that one guy is like a toxic mutant man the
0: um yeah the sl- sludge face guy yeah his dri- action Mr. pud
1: Pudface.
0: <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure I saw that at big Lots one time and yeah real I was so stultified I didn't buy it like a damn fool I know there, there there's a re there's a reaction version of it that I want to get but I really should have gotten like, yeah. the, uh, the RoboCop figures, when they were out <laughs> and I was a kid, I was just like, what the fuck? I mean, I had, like, a, ro- I had a RoboCop, but yeah, all I of the ancillary RoboCop figures thing. were so, like, why would you make a toy of this? This is, like, nightmarish satire. Yeah. <laughs> even at, like, 11 years old,
1: I could tell we, that. We, get this. In the, in the um, terrible, one of the terrible television shows, because there's been several... Um, Pudface Morgan is the archenemy of, of RoboCop.
0: Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I, I do have to say, I should have assumed this was going to come up, um, because that scene oh. is fucking amazing. It's not, it's not Pudface. It's, he's not our monster, but I want to look no, him up not because. Pudface.
1: Um, he, no, the, the, uh, uh, the guy who plays, uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. The character Nash. is um, the character is
0: Emil Antonowski. Emil.
1: Yeah.
0: Emil Antonowski and um, yeah. um he is played by Paul Crane. I'm sorry, okay. no, Paul McCrane. Paul McCrane, I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah. And I saw him um in laws <laughs> in Beverly Hills going into Whole Foods one time. I was going in and he was going out, and I was like, "It's Melty Face Guy," and you know, (laughs)
1: like I,
0: I, there's no way in hell I was gonna turn to Melty Face Guy and be like, "You're Melty Face Guy," (laughs) because like that's gotta be his whole fucking life.
1: Yeah. Now that there's okay, we got Emil, and I remember Nash, and then Clarence, and there was a guy named Min, Mm -hmm. and you can't forget
0: Clarence Boddicker. There's some pretty hilarious custom Clarence Boddicker toys. If yeah. you go into custom <laughs> RoboCop toy rabbit holes, because um, Clarence Boddicker is, a, is a, an amazing character and it's such a good, such a good portrayal by um, the guy that plays uh, the guy that plays Red, Kurtwood
1: Smith. Um, yeah. he's fantastic. He's such a good actor. Sal and um, there's a Bobby. Can you fly, Bobby? And I forget. Oh.
0: So, so let me dra- let me drag the story to the point where you're, yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll um have a sense of of how this is going to work. So, yeah. your partner or would be partner is an experimental robot man who last year brought justice to the streets of Detroit, but now, thanks to a recent download by his corporate overlords, seems to be operating. Um, less than at peak performance, and due to this, his yeah. uh, his corporate superiors are bringing in a new version in order to crack down on the city's narcotic explosion—a drug that manifests under the creation of a um, of a messianic and mysterious character by the name of Cain. Um, yeah, yeah, do you Kane. have a new guess as to who my monster might be? Well, is it Kane? <laughs> the monster is Ding 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 Robo Kane or RoboCop Robocane, 2, yeah. RoboCop Two, um, portrayed yeah. by the uh, various effects departments yeah. of the movie RoboCop Two in Orion Pictures and Tom Noonan and as Kane. Tom
1: Noonan, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no-
0: Tom, uh, Tom. I'm motherfucking Francis Dollarhide Noonan. Um, (laughs) who uh, I, it was a real, it was a real, um, roll of the dice how long it would take me to get to a Tom Noonan role. Uh, and it gave me a nice reason to, to learn more about Tom Noonan. He's such an incredible and fascinating, um, actor and director and producer and <laughs> yeah, there's um, creator a lot to
1: know about tom
0: he, he's a really fascinating probably. guy so if you don't yeah. know tom noonan his um perhaps most famous role as is his francis Dollarhide in the original um, michael Mann manhunter movie that is uh, obviously set, sets the table for later having silence of the lambs um yeah. he plays the the first big serial killer villain in that world, Francis Dollarhide, who is um, more is fairly accurate to the book in that version. He's kind of this like odd, visually obsessed, cleft um, palate suffering um, guy who is stirring in his own world and becomes uh, obsessed with this uh, blind woman and, uh, uh, you know, does a badass series of cop killings while he plays Got DeGotta DeVita on his vinyl record player at the yeah. conclusion of the film.
2: If you don't open your eyes, I'll staple your eyelids to your forehead. Is your nature to do one thing correctly? Tremble.
0: Tom Noonan is, is such a... He's, like, in a real brief pantheon of people that are only... Like, like him and, like, Gary Oldman and i'm trying to think of who else if you had like a bronze silver and gold winners of the most baroque and byzantine portrayals of villains in in you know, like english speaking cinema if you had him and gary oldman who would get like the bronze like medal in that yeah, I, I. Does somebody occur to you? Because I, I don't know who I would kind put of, in
1: there. Kind of. I don't know. Den, Dennis Hopper jumped in there for a second, but nah.
0: Yeah, but. Um. I mean Dennis Hopper is certainly dynamic but he doesn't necessarily yeah, it's not the same vibe. I don't know if I don't know if like proper villain is really actually his best yeah, tone because yeah. when he like the things that he's a real villain in are, end up being real fucking clunkers like Super Mario Brothers and <laughs> yeah. Waterworld like you might enjoy those uh, movies yeah, but I was not, thinking more Blue Velvet they're, they're, but They're <laughs> not a, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah Blue Velvet yeah. is certainly a better <laughs> yeah. point. yeah <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. But yeah, yeah, there is also, okay, I did forget about Super Mario Bros. <laughs> <laughs> How could you get, um, uh, forget about Super Mario Brothers? No, um, uh, but I th- who would take the bronze there? Um lately Peter Weller himself has been doing a pretty pretty fantastic job of playing villains.
0: Yeah. You know what? Like I mean, look,
1: ex-cops.
0: Looking, looking at the, looking at this list, looking at a list that comes up to me. Some real obvious ones. Some are older than some are, and some are newer. Obviously, Christopher Lee, um, yeah. Christoph Waltz has gotten uh, is 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 um, carrying a lot of water there. Um, yeah. Anthony Hopkins, but you know, I'm, Hopkins really doesn't play that many villains. He's kind of he's kind of Hannibal, and that's yeah. it. Um, Alan Rickman, not bad. I'm uh, gonna say not Alan bad. Rickman, um, not populating that category in a ton of ways, but Hugo Weaving, who I've brought up before, ah, he's got yeah. Agent Smith, he's got uh, Shitty McElfman. he's he's got
2: yeah.
0: he's got so many sci-fi and fantasy credibilities, and then um, I mean Javier Bardem, um, oh, he, yeah, he, get, yeah, he yeah. gets he, he's he's certainly. Probably maybe more on the Tom Noonan zone of being kind of like a, you know, New York-y kind of Giuliani serious ass actor about it. Yeah. Um, um, Ralph Fiennes sometimes, who I still think is compared to Tom Noonan, um, you know, a midget in a clown car uh, of a of a Francis <laughs> Dollarhide like that. That movie's fine. But like, yeah. there's nothing compared to the Michael Mann version. Either the film is better, and the the villain is better. I, Ralph Fiennes is great, but um, oh, you know who? Yeah. Uh, what's it? What's his butt? Who is um, who is? Uh, why can I not think of him? Um, what's his butt? Who is? Um, <laughs> Pennywise. What the fuck is his name? He's one Tim of the. Curry. No, 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 no. The new Pennywise.
1: Oh, so he's a Skarsgård.
0: Yeah, Bill Skarsgård so huh. all of the scars i
1: did not know he was a scars guard that's awesome yeah bill scars <laughs> guard
0: have you not seen any of the new any of the new it stuff because i'm um, really yeah, sure i saw
1: yeah oh, okay. i saw the um here's here's the problem i had with it though it made me laugh because <laughs> he is a hilarious clown <laughs> And, like, all, all of the terrifying, fantastical clown shit that he does is really fucking funny to me. Because he's a clown. <laughs> That's so. <What? laughs> like, I don't, I'm not scared of the clown irony thing that so many people seem to be, like, creeped out by. I think it's funny. Wow. Because they're they're
2: clowns. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, if you ever need to hide from um civilization, I think you've found your kind of like armor. You just you, you just just yeah. surround your world with terrifying ass murderous clowns because it seems to be a very upsetting to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I I never understood it cuz they're I mean, it's it's all goofy. It's hilarious. <laughs>
0: I mean both him and he Tim Curry. He dances Currier.
1: there's there's music and he dances and he makes jokes and like of course they're morbid and it's like upsetting jokes but but I mean you know everything's upsetting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know everything is upsetting. All right, I just don't even know where to where to where to grab that pot. So we're just going um, to gonna move on because yeah. You should really, you should find a way to watch Castle Rock that he's also in. That is the, it's like the Stephen King super show that is, that is blends in all of the Stephen King averse, um, in, including misery and it and everything into kind of a, um, I don't know. How would I, how would I say it's like a, a terrifying nerds blizzard of, um northern northern maine monstrosities <laughs> yeah. it's uh okay. but it's actually really fucking good and he plays a character that that is um i don't want to spoil this oh. but the premise is that no
1: i he, i see what the character's name is a young man with an unusual legal problem <laughs>
0: Is that the name of the character? Yeah,
1: that's the character's name. That's what he's credited as. Bill Scarsgard, a young man with an unusual legal problem.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: So I mean, that's intriguing enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll check out Kaz. Uh, it's
0: really good. It's yeah. really good. Um, I hope, hopefully it comes back. I don't know. It's it's probably announced whether it does or not, but it's really good. Um, all right. So let's get on to
1: motherfucking RoboCop 2. Actually, Robocane, I know a bunch about Robocane because I loved it. It had so many weapons on it. The 1990 (laughs)
0: film RoboCop 2 stars, uh, our favorite RoboCop, Peter Weller, as Alex Murphy, back and better than ever, kind of. Um, in a crisis that detroit definitely not houston is experiencing <laughs> where the town is on the brink of total bankruptcy weird yeah and the cops are uh, the cops are on strike um and, and um, murphy is kind of uh, he's he's in a way irrelevant I mean, people are kind of starting to ignore him through a, a plot device yeah. he gets jacked up thanks to some electrical electrical michigas and gets reprogrammed by ocp uh, with gonna... all of this like miscellaneous bullshit programming where he starts walking around yeah, doing like after school special we announcements to kids and like firing guns around a bullets around a guy's head to get him to stop smoking yeah Thank you for not smoking. And all of this just like Smokey the Bear bullshit as opposed to like c- yeah. killing the very real murderous bad guys around every corner.
1: Yeah, it was it was a way of like establishing reestablishing that um, he's half. He's still half robot like yeah. and he and can be programmed because at the end of the first one, it showed like, oh, he is a human. OK, cool but the the movie had to redo like no he's he's still half robot. Yeah,
0: RoboCop 2 had a <laughs> yeah. proper hero's journey where the robo yeah. the, the tin man where where Pinocchio learned to become a real boy again. And yeah. th- so you had to undo that in order for um in order for 2 to work. I mean, honestly, I don't think you did have to undo that. I think I think well, well, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna get into it. Well,
1: it it did it correctly because it just it didn't really undo it. It just made him all fucking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are. I'll, I'll say this: there are um, opinions abound about these successful parts and and failures yeah. of the RoboCop oh, two yeah. script, particularly in contrast to the RoboCop one script. I, I uh, amazingly, <laughs> if you're not part of the RoboCop enthusiasm guild. Um, people, even even Siskel and Ebert, um, critics at the time, actually have a lot of love for RoboCop One and how it genuinely yeah. explored the crisis of a man turned machine to dis- to rediscover his humanity through, um, you know, literally bite- f- fighting his his corporate overlords to gain his memory back. <laughs> and through through his empathy and character defeat evil. So a, as yeah. bombastic and morbidly satirical and hyperbolic as the movie was, RoboCop really is about somebody and that person succeeds in having a an emotional arc that is like storytelling 101. And so yeah. as as crazy as it is, Paul, Ver, Ber, Paul Verhoeven, the creator, um, who's a real wild fucking dude, but P- yeah. Paul Verhoeven's totally succeeded, it, 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 according to most observers, you know, popcorn fans and uh, you know um, academic observers alike, in creating something that did have an emotional journey that was real that Peter Weller successfully portrayed, and and uh, with the help of Paul Verhoeven and a really weird clunky suit. Um, whereas RoboCop two kind of plays a little bit of lip service toward the journey that Murphy is trying to go on. And he, he, you know, he kind of like vaguely stalks his wife, Ellen Murphy in this film, but, uh, but with, without a lot of like intention or plan and he kind of just gets kind of like corrupted to make one of what what I'm sure will be many CPU puns today, uh, and and gets really hijacked by OCP's overarching goals to take over the city, um, turn it in turn turn the the city itself and the police force into a privatized entity, so that they are the kind of like. Um capitalist fascist super state that owns everything and solves everyone everyone's problems with su- suicidal um, police drones.
1: Yeah, that's one of the funniest things.
0: <laughs> it is it is the So for anyone that doesn't know when when yeah. the the evil corporation OCP le, led by the old man, um, and, uh, d- runs the footage of their various attempts to make RoboCop 2, the sequel to RoboCop, yeah. um, to to finally clear the streets of this terrible drug nuke that is being um, being mongered by uh, Tom Noonan's Kane character. They show what is a, essentially a montage of three or four of these different attempted RoboCop 2s that are made out of lesser recently dead police officers Um, and and they all (laughs) basically without fail commit some kind of horrendous Jason and the Argonauts suicide slash murder within uh, like five seconds of being put online And if you if you don't watch anything from this movie, just 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 Google like just YouTube like failed RoboCop
1: twos. Yeah, failed RoboCop. Um, because <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> One of them comes out, try shoots the scientist that's standing no, Shoots here like three him. scientists. Yeah, three scientists rips his own head off, exposing his skull draws his weapon shoots himself in the head lumps over and then sirens pop out of his shoulders and start going off I think
0: you've actually <laughs> conflated two of them there's the one guy who pulls the helmet off and he's got like a he's he's got yeah. like the the crappy skull underneath and then there's the other one yeah. that kind of has kind of like a dome okay, yeah like a doom doom yeah. guy helmet just with a screen on in the it
1: head and then his siren comes <laughs> yeah, along. he,
0: kills, <laughs> he, <laughs> kill, he <laughs> kills all three scientists, blasts himself in what should be an armored like skull dome and then like lights yeah. over and the red and blue sirens on his back just start going off pathetically. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's a good movie. It's it's good movie making. But <laughs> so uh, basically um, the <laughs> I'm gonna have to take a pause here while Gavin collects himself oh, no. from not watching, just remembering just the, remembering
2: the, very, the various
0: Robocop 2 failures. Ah. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really funny. Um, and there are there uh, this
1: is why clowns don't upset.
0: Well <laughs> there's a few places that's the thing, is there's a few places in Robocop 2 where it is really funny. Uh, I have to say that yeah. that is, I think, maybe the funniest uh, aspect. There's also the two, um, the two kind of, uh, satirical commercials. One for, uh, your, your, the MagnaVolt, which is a kind of,
2: yeah.
0: uh, SNL sketch security device, which, um, if somebody tries to steal your car, straps them in with metal belts and electrocutes them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then for also Sunblock 5000, which is a, uh, bizarrely green sunblock that will uh will save you from even the uh the the deathly rays above Beverly Hills, California in twenty oh, twenty, yeah. whatever the fuck. I do not remember what year um oh, no, this takes I place. I forgot two.
1: Uh so, oh. Two
0: thousand twenty eight. So wow, this is one that's oh. actually still in the future.
1: Yeah. Go figure. Wow. Get get working on it. <laughs> get working on it.
0: 2028, you know, I mean, there, I will say, and this is the, the, one of the most upsetting about Paul Verhoeven dystopia is it is perhaps the most uh, on-track dystopia that we have from cinema history or maybe sci-fi in general. Like, Paul Verhoeven's, like, okay, well, in 2028... Detroit will be totally bankrupt, taken over by a giant corporation. The police will be under a crisis of leadership and drone/ slash technology um, cops will be put in place to get things back in line. the The likelihood that that is all happening in 2028 is like I would if you were yeah. like the Irish betting guild, over in dublin that's like in charge of all of the serious betting on all yeah. of the things in the world you know what i mean like i yeah. think that's at worst 50/50 you know like yeah. all of that shit is kind of in the process of being um true yeah. i mean that's We're like p-
1: privatize the police to one corporate mega conglomerate yeah,
0: if everything just like, stayed yeah. on track this would basically happen yeah which is fucking <laughs> Gonzo, um, but Paul yeah. Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven, who is known for really a hyper a hyperbolic version of sci-fi, um, oddly has created a reality that is as compelling as any, if not more so. So, um, yep. so how do we get to RoboCane? So after these these various Drugs. failed versions of uh, of the their attempts to make a RoboCop two. At OCP, yeah,
1: they they were all heroes. Like the uh, mentality was wrong. Yeah
0: the to, the scientist uh, yeah. Juliet um, Fax, I think is her name, but the the, the scientist yeah. in jar in charge of developing the new RoboTop um, prototype, she she basically determines that um, something about Alex Murphy was his his he he had so much mental integrity that he is a rare case and that they yeah. need a totally different brain type for their second RoboCop 2. So when the police come off of their strike and assist Alex Mur- Murphy aka RoboCop in taking Kane down, um and and Kane is, is portrayed by we should go into a a, 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 a a just a we need a section to explain the character of Kane before he becomes Robo Kane. It was his de- <laughs> yeah. his depiction by Tom Noonan is kind of a I, I would call him like a laconic Charles Manson, where he's you know he yeah. he, he he portrays himself as this messianic Jesus like character and makes all of these kind of biblical yeah. comparisons.
2: People want paradise, and they will have it. Yeah, okay, we're gonna make that mean something.
0: While like shooting yeah. little vials of red nuke into the side of his neck, um, and you know he wears these weird little like uh, Lennon sunglasses and a, a long nineteen eighties villain trench coat and philosophizes about how um, the the drug is going to take over America and kind of customize yeah. everyone's emotional lives for the for the a future that everyone can enjoy. Um, what are yeah. what do you remember about? the portrayal of Kane by Tom Noonan and how the the movie showed him.
1: Uh, no, that's about it. He was, yeah, he was like a, 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 drug profit. Yeah. Which is a confusing um, juxtaposition, which, which is a lot like Charles Manson. He was also in control of everything through the same manipulation that Charles Manson used, which was like to drug everybody and convince them that there's no shame in the drug use and no shame in what he tells them to do after they've like yeah. completed all of these nefarious tasks. It's okay because you were on the drug and the drug is perfect. Right. Uh, everything is God. Yeah. Everything it, is lovely. He,
0: he yeah. Kane is very much a Reagan era version of Charles Manson who who kind of like yeah. <laughs> as opposed to driving dune buggies and writing writing acoustic guitar songs and eating pussy he just like runs a <laughs> runs a drug factory and uh, intends yeah. to, cr- like, to like to like take over America. He he Kane postures himself as some kind of consumerist messiah blending yeah. Like enterprise and salvation and self promotion, with a complete lack of irony that only is like could only be comparable to like a Houston metropolitan area megachurch like preacher. You know, it is <laughs>
2: yeah. it, it
0: it it is it is a true Verhovian like embrace of the best and worst of uh, Reagan era, era ideals. Yeah, the weakest part <laughs> of the of that general thing is nobody can ever fucking say what the hell nuke does no like, like yeah. you inject it and you kind of go like uh but the, and then supposedly you feel really good but there is never yeah. a depiction of whether you're like moving really fast or feeling a lot yeah. of pleasure or seeing things or, like, it is a drug that apparently does nothing except make you need it and feel satisfied. It is kind of like...
1: there's There are drugs that do that. There's a lot of things that they tried to make um, to uh, synthesize uh, opiates so that you can uh, not withdraw from it, like methadone. Yeah. Methadone will make you feel okay and definitely make you need it and <laughs> like methadone was kind of a failure
0: well and there's a <laughs> and there's a you know there's a quote where uh Kane implies that you know th- first of all we know that there's a there's a whole panoply of different nukes there's like various flavors yeah um and they apparently can draw you in different directions so i I don't know I mean I may, may, maybe that's the MacGuffin, but the thing is they they it what the, if they had just given it an identity that it makes you you know your brain more active or your pleasure centers more open or something yeah. but it is just completely not addressed other than going like Ugh, and then kind of like yeah. chilling out for like 10 <laughs> seconds and then you just move on yeah. because Kane who is constantly on nuke is able to function as what appears to be an entirely sober individual who is organizing the machinations of a, a multi-million dollar take-up of the United States. So, um, yeah. you know, he's – and in, in, in the <laughs> counterexample of Charles Manson, you know, Charles Manson was not exactly a great manager. Right. Like he kind of accidentally (laughs) managed the the mass murdering of a few houses full of actors. Right. Like it was just like and and even then he kind of he wasn't exactly Machiavellian. He just you know, there was a momentum to his bullshit that pulled their their kind of LSD nonsense in a specific direction that was kind of. The, the train had momentum. It's not exactly as if Charlie knew what the fuck the plan was the whole time. And the thing that he yeah. meant to happen, which was like um, a race war that would destroy Am- yeah, American civilization was like not even in the vicinity of the destination yeah, of the not, thing he was doing. Like the,
1: not even close. Like, no, yeah. like
0: <laughs> but looking back on it either weeks later or decades later, you're like, Oh yeah, really? Yeah. That's what you, that's what your plan was.
1: Yeah, well, well really what it did was vilify hippies
0: yeah no he just he just really <laughs> succeeded in turning the drug movement and the free love movement and the flower child movement into you know the villain of of yeah. um, you know Quantico, Virgi- Clint Eastwood
2: yeah, Quantico Virginia Quantico
0: Virginia and and Clint Eastwood yes and um, <laughs> you know the the saving president Ronnie video games of the next like 25 years that that oh yeah that like yeah. sex drug sex drug use <laughs> and patchouli would be wrapped up in this like vaguely douchebag villainous um thing that you know nixon and and everybody else from then on would have in their pocket to show you what was the what were the who were the bad people in society
2: he's dead murphy you have the right to an attorney you're reading miranda to a corpse
3: I'm having trouble.
0: But Kane is doing pretty well up until the point that he starts to play a game of chicken with um, with Murphy on a motorbike who, um, you know, as probably expected, just like slams into him because he's RoboCop. Because what RoboCop has yeah. Is basically the inability to be killed. He's there's very little man inside the machine. (laughs) He's got like face and spinal cord and like half a lung and that's like about it. Like part of an arm.
1: Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's got like most of his. I okay. I did know this. He's got his. a synthetic heart with, like, parts of his real heart because it needs to be, like, plugged into a spinal did you, cord. For I, like
0: I like really work. am not interested in talking about the modern RoboCop um, reboot, but did, did you see it? Uh, no. Uh,
1: yeah, and guess what? I forgot Well, I will
0: say that the scene where they explode <laughs> his robo-body out to show him what's actually left of him is, like, one of the most oh, yeah. harrowing fucking things I've ever seen. It is so... Rough, and mm. his 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 job of like screaming like no, oh my god, like like his react, his freak out to that is appropriate and awful. Uh, god, it's very upsetting. No. Holy Christ!
1: Holy Christ! Holy Christ! There's nothing left.
3: Your body may have gone,
0: but you're still here. I've forgotten literally everything else about that movie, except that uh, somehow Michael Keaton was in it, and it was still terrible.
1: Yeah, I forgot that Michael Keaton was in it. Michael Keaton was the the fucking corporate bad guy, and
0: it still sucked.
2: Yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) That, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we're never going to cover that movie because it is not worth mentioning. Um, So... Yeah. So um back to Kane uh, Robo well I mean let's let's hit on RoboCop a little bit because RoboCop is interesting because um he's powerful in the same way that kind of Superman and Jason Voorhees are powerful in that they're physically yeah. indomitable and they represent this kind of like super masculine ideal of not of of being totally invulnerable. And in each of their cases, Jason, Robocop, and, and, and Superman, their, their vulnerability exi- exists in their emotional lives as opposed to their physical presence. That in each case, yeah. with, you know, his, his mom in Jason Voorhees's case, uh, Lois Lane, or who, those people that are in his life that he takes, um, serious in terms of guarding them in, in Superman, and in Robocop's relationship to his past life with, uh, with Murphy, um, with his wife and with his partner, these are the things that make them like actual characters and not just kind of, um, costumes with, with purpose, right? And, yeah. and so Robocop is, can be very interesting as long as he's pursuing his humanity, which unfortunately in Robocop, Robocop 2 is, only, uh, it's inconsistently involved in the plot. So that's Robocop 2's main failing. A lot of the other things about it are kind of hilarious, but meandering because the script was originally going to be by Frank Miller and people loved that (laughs) script, but it was determined that it was essentially unfilmable. It was just too off the chain and that eventually got turned into a graphic novel called um, uh, Frank Miller's Robocop And uh, it has mixed it (laughs) it has mixed reviews, but I'm not familiar with it. But, you know, I'm sure it's quite I'm sure it's very fascinating. I mean, I I like Frank Miller pretty well. He's also somebody that was doing a a very over the top uh, critique of 80s values in the in the Reagan era. And a lot of things he kind of got right. Um, I know Frank Miller's Batman, both the original 1980s version and then the. The reboot in the early 2000s, they make some, some interesting observations about fascism and vigilanteism. And, but I don't know. He's, I think he's better than Alan Moore, who is like a weird proto fascist or something. I don't know.
1: Um, yeah, Alan Moore's weird. <laughs> I
0: don't, don't know how to go there, but the point is Robocop can be a very interesting character and Kane as his opposite, um, does make a um, it does make for a really compelling villain. But so Kane basically gets creamed by RoboCop and there's like basically nothing left of him. So OCP decides, okay, well, this is a person presumably whose brain we have total control of because of his unerring need to acquire nuke. So in a, yeah. in a, a very clear Pavlovian case... We can make him do whatever we want. We'll rig him up with a with a Magnavox TV remote and 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 have him get rid of the nuke enterprise that is now run by twelve um, year old psychopath Hob, who is the the little yeah. boy character who is the evil villain sidekick of Kane up until that point, who then inherits inherits the nuke empire after Kane's demise. Um, what do you think? Yeah. What's your experience with? I don't know. What are your thoughts on the character of Hob, the little boy psychopath who takes over the nuke uh, business? Uh,
1: That was, um, okay. His, his goals, I guess, were to have fucking French fries and pizza at the same time. I think like, (laughs) Uh, right. Because I guess that's that's what like every '80s kid wanted is fucking French fries and pizza. Yeah, he kind of you know fuck trying the drug. I see what it does to people. (laughs) In
0: yeah, I um there I was astonished to watch the this the, the the Siskel and Ebert review about this because Ebert really goes like apeshit about how terrible it is to have this 12-year-old boy, like like this child psychopath character in this movie and
1: I ha- I thought it was awesome cuz that meant
0: that I could do it. <laughs> well, may, that maybe not <laughs> may not be the best counterpoint from an ethical s- stance. But I I will I, know, sa- I will say that, I that, that like I don't, maybe I didn't maybe I didn't have a lot of thoughts about it originally in 1990 but since then in, in my rewatching of the movie, <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense. I think the narratively, the idea that a kid who, you know, is probably an orphan or is suffering from a weird, like, um, you know, like rich, rich kid, like uh, f- f- perspective on reality where he deserves everything. Yeah. And then gets taken under the wing of this this messianic, manic character who is yeah. able to manipulate people around him and turn him into kind of a protege. I think that reflects the dystopian reality that they're supposed to be depicting. And, you yeah. know, all of course, you have to worry about the implications of like, man, I mean, this, the actor actually playing that kid, like, did that, did that fuck him up? But, um, in terms of like, should it be in the movie? it had a it had an internal logic to it to me it didn't seem nonsensical you know they had this very prudish reaction to it in uh, in Siskel and Ebert like Ebert was really apoplectic and i was like no this well, has a logic into the know. reality I've of the movie that it seems totally natural <laughs> if the movie had succeeded on other levels i think it would have totally clicked
1: but like i mean well i always thought like okay, it's it's kind of uh it's a pretty good age to like run shit like a a drug cult because a 12 year old is not going to have like the burned out viewpoint on life uh to to want to 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 make him want to try drugs
0: yeah it's
1: like he's not gonna like apathetically go might as well try this drug because everything sucks i've learned that
0: because everything's yeah you have a you have a lot of mental enthusiasm (laughs) you're
1: yeah, it's like man, it, this drug certainly screws people up. I'm going to stay away from that. Crack is black. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I'm going to have french fries and pizza at the same time. Yeah. And um and carry around a uh a Deb M twenty one, which is an awesome. Is that
0: weapon. the one that's like just meant to look like a radio, or is it? Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, it. it yeah, it's supposed to look like a little boombox. That's they really yeah. made that. No, I did. <laughs> I just did discover some of the
0: the odd. I mean, RoboCop two has a lot of very interesting production history. Um, for, for those that are into it, there's a, there's a couple of docu, there's not one, but two documentaries about the making of Robocop 2. There's Corporate Wars, (laughs) The Making of Robocop 2, and Machine parts, the effects of RoboCop 2. They're short documentaries yeah. that go into the, the practical and logistical and, and uh, personal experiences of, of people involved in those elements. Yeah,
1: there's there's a lot of uh, RoboCop documentaries. There's, there's one called RoboDoc. Which is the Robo documentary, the making of RoboCop? Interesting. <laughs>
0: like, so, so now that we're yeah. on it, um, I should say that to, I should explain a little bit. Of, well, I, I'm, I should, I'm going to explain a little bit about how Robo came and the other effects were achieved and who did it before we just straight. And then after that, we can talk about kind of like what he looks like, and all of the various Swiss Army knife features that the um, ro- the cyborg has. Yeah. So d- the designing of the Robocane had already begun before the script was even created. Um, Craig Hayes, who was involved in the production, conceived the Robocane with the idea that it would look almost unbeatable and contain so many complex yeah. parts that the audience wouldn't be able to make sense of it. His first design was more animalistic. But the initial director of the movie, Tim Hunter, who uh, left early on, insisted on a more anthropomorphic look, reasoning that humans uh, still make the worst monsters, and in general we tend to make robots that kind of look like people, um, or like animals yeah. that are familiar to us, but so that could go either way. The final design was meant to look like a cross between a quote-unquote angry bodybuilder with a medieval knight. And have so many features that yeah. it would be almost the robot equivalent of a Swiss army knife. So the the yeah. the suit for the – well, it wasn't a suit because nobody was in it. But the the puppet yeah. for Robocane w- was known by the cast and crew of the film as the monster, quote-unquote. Um, it is a yeah. cyborg or a cybernetic, cybernetic organism outfitted with an autocannon. A chainsaw, a battering ram, floodlights, hinges, pistons, claw-like hands, two extra arm-like limbs that include a clamp and an acetylene torch, a battering ram, and a minigun.
1: Yeah, and a taser shoulder.
0: Uh, Also a central port... A uh, central port that is apparently only for uh, the insertion of the nuke drug, yeah.
2: <laughs> and <Yeah.
0: laughs> uh, features a radioactive danger symbol on the right breastplate, which is a not-so-play on the "quote-unquote" nuke uh, drug. Yeah, um, of the very many not subtle jokes in RoboCop Two. Um, so there are various uh, groups responsible for achieving. Robocane, and the other effects in the movie. There is a house called the Degraf Warman Studio, which was responsible for the yeah. CG puppetry of the video projection face that um, looks like Tom Noonan when the face comes on yeah. the monitor that when he interacts with people in a more dynamic way. It's a very kind of... Is this... Is this pre Lawnmower Man? Um, I think Lawnmower Man is maybe the same year or the next year. Let's see. Lawnmower Man mm-hmm. is ninety two, so this is two 92. years before Lawnmower. Yeah,
1: two and it, years and it, before and, Lawnmower Man, which is and impressive. And this is <laughs> like, and
0: it looks, it's very much in the same style that when you look at the the t- when you look at the cane oh, bot, yeah. like head kind of like swiveling around. Um, The first thing that you think is Lawnmower Man. So that face was a rendering of Tom Noonan's face by a digital puppeteer that could actually be operated in real time. Um, so if, had they wanted to do something really elaborate with it, they could. Um, and so though the company did have the ability to make the character speak, for whatever reason, this was not utilized for Robocane. Instead, he makes a series of kind of like growls and nonverbal sounds to <laughs> yeah. indicate his either pleasure or displeasure for various uh, stimuli. Yeah, And, uh, you know, it's I think it's kind of good. I, I kind of wished he'd talked, but I don't know. I Maybe that, that might have been achieved in a way that I disliked.
1: Yeah, now that I think about it, it that might have been. a good Yeah,
0: answer. it would have had to really get the voice right, yeah. and I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah, now I'm kind of yeah. conflicted there, but but Tom Noonan delivers his lines. Yes, so well.
0: I, I think I think it would have benefited from a Maybe, limited speaking, yes. but you know, the character was also kind of prone to soliloquizing. I don't know. I'm kind of trying to imagine it, and I, I kind of wish I could see it.
1: Just get like. Uh, Whoever, like, we could just get um, ogre to s- sample Tom Noonan
0: and <laughs> yeah, and cut it up in some of his like bizarre, yeah, up, bizarre Toronto and- <laughs> Moog <laughs> laboratory, and turn turn it into total yeah. nightmare speak.
1: <laughs>
0: I... Yep. Okay. Let's see if I can somehow put an effect on that to in any way approximate something that like Ogre would create. But anyway, <laughs> so you really given me some homework. All right. So um, in addition to Graf Warman that did the kind of video projection face, there was um, Tippett Studio that was the company that handled the incredibly, incredibly intense stop-motion demands for the many, many, many puppets involved in RoboCop 2. So it ended up being, at that point, it turned into the pinnacle of stop-motion production because soon after that, Jurassic Park totally kicked down the door for computer graphics that would go on to totally dominate the field. So RoboCop 2 is really kind of the apex of stop motion animation there is really the the most intense work and the most successful use of stop motion that has really ever been done yeah
1: well as a kid i thought it looked terrible because it was kind of like blurry uh, they did they did the thing where they um where they would blur the model so that it seemed like it moved in a fluid yeah. way and and to a child's eyes that's really dumb cuz it's obviously fake but like to whenever after I grew up and saw a lot of like movie effects and watched it again, it's perfect. It's it's the best thing. Well, looking at you could looking do, at it yeah. now,
0: it looks really damn good. Um, so
1: yeah, it was it's amazing. So, but you know, to a child, you're expecting to see like um something you've never seen before, or couldn't imagine. But- <laughs> so it's said
0: that um from Tippet Studios, it it took eight different teams running stop-motion operations on the RoboCop miniatures, basically uh, round-the-clock work during production. Um, That much was necessary to execute the shots of RoboCop, Robocane, the ED-209 that still gets featured a little bit in the sequel, and the various failed RoboCop 2s that we uh, discussed previously. (laughs) Um, So there's a ton of effects in the movie, and you can see why this studio would just be like, cranking out work nonstop um i'm going to i'm going to put in the instagram a, a photo of of the of the of, the, of the, the team standing with their very many models that are kind of like i don't know 11 12 inches most of them and they are various yeah. duplicates so that they can be working in parallel with models that do slightly different things and slightly different versions, so that they're they're you know all of these scenes are getting created in real time because the the time and labor demands of making stop motion is just absolutely oh. out the fucking door.
1: Okay, yeah, I found that photo. That's yeah, it's a whoa. lot. It's a
0: it's a hell of a lot of shiny That's metal
1: toy.
3: Lot. I'm
0: having trouble. Robocane, uh, su- surprisingly to nobody. <laughs> Kills all of <laughs> yeah. his uh, f- previous friends, now enemies. Um, Hob and yeah. his like uh, sexy mist- mixed race girlfriend, who looks like she's off of off of the set of like an EMF video, and just like he, he kind of has the you know the intimate moment with her where she's trying to obviously um, kind of have a sensual reaction to his absolutely nightmarish tin tin man versus a cuisinart body you know we should this this thing is really it does look like a cross between um a chrome medieval times knight and like a a swiss army knife that's been left in a river for 50 years you know it is
1: yeah the I remember the character's name was Angie and sh- she like grabbed the clamp and said like, it's something I can get used to, which was like disturbing because I knew what it yeah, meant. A, I was. I was only like 11 or 12. I knew what yeah, she was it's talking a, it, about. It's a I'm, great
0: <laughs> character moment and it does, it does really show, it does really demonstrate like how corrupted and willing to like g- the depths that they're willing to go for their, o- their own survival in in this in this yeah. bizarre like drug cult structure in order to you know just roll with the punches of who's in charge and who's around and who's about to like you know, like, break your neck, and yeah. then, you know, spoiler alert, like, you know, three seconds later, he just, like, snaps her in half and throws her across the room and yeah. just totally murders the shit out of everybody in the whole facility.
1: Hasta la vista, baby.
0: After killing all of his uh, previous um, drug cult friends, OCP brings him back to um, a theater for a, a lovely demonstration to to get the, yeah. the city and the corporation back on track um the the uh the character of Detroit's mayor is fre- frenetically terrified as he does a great job portraying throughout the film that guy does a really yeah. like awesome job yeah
1: that guy does a good I, he's in all three of them isn't he
0: I don't know if he's in three but he is in 1 and I 2 he, 3 3 is yeah. kind of in the in the like um the ja- the jacket know, of vanishing of my mind I just it, it just doesn't it's just not there for me. I have no interest in three whatsoever. Yeah,
2: RoboCop
1: three. To me, sucked.
0: one and one and two are <laughs> canon, and three is like uh, you know, it's like Aliens it's like, four um, or something.
1: Alien Resurrection. Uh, yeah, it's exactly Alien, what I was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I cannot believe that when I was a kid I thought that <laughs> Alien three was trash. It's like <clears throat>
1: like
2: yeah,
0: Alien three is for alien resurrection what george bush is for donald trump
1: oh my god you're right
0: i thought i hated alien 3 until i saw alien resurrection
1: you you know i said that today i said that exact thing today under what circumstances (laughs) oh i was talking with my girlfriend and i was talking about the aliens movie because um we were both we were both doing something and we both ended up saying (laughs) Mostly. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So and and then I went off about aliens and everything. We talked about how it was stupid to kill Hicks and Newt. Yeah. And then I said, "Yeah, I used I thought that Aliens Three was really." like a shitty movie until I saw aliens four. And then she laughed and went, I've never seen aliens Four. like, it's
0: fine. Other than the fact that it has Brad (laughs) Durant in it, it should mostly be like set, put it, put into a, put into a rocket and, and fired at Jeff Bezos or something like it just.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's like, I think aliens four is like fun but it's like an extra G.I. Joe, you know, from like from like a generic brand that you have around. Like
0: Yeah, it's it's like like yeah. super megacorp. Or the or whatever. yeah
1: it's like you're not going to throw it away cuz it f- kind of stands there with the rest of them but it's definitely not part of
0: And by of the it. <laughs> way I should say that nowadays I love Aliens 3 as opposed to George Bush. I still hate George Bush. <laughs> I, Ali- no. Whereas Aliens 3 kicks ass. Um so so yeah, that's Aliens the one part of the analogy that does not hold up.
1: Ever since I got this um bizarre fascination with um Holt McCallany like um He's he's the guy in Aliens Three who puts on the goggles and screams into the sky. He's one of the prisoners.
0: Oh yeah, okay. I totally didn't realize that he was in that. And he, but and he's yeah he's also the guy that um, plays what's his butt in Mine Yeah,
1: yeah. That's he he also has another show. I might have said this on this show, but I I forget. He's got another show called Lights Out where he was the star of the entire thing and he played a boxer who had like brain problems and it was a really compelling story and it was well written and it only lasted one season huh. because nobody watched it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Holt M- M- McAuley or however the hell I'm saying his name is plays yeah. Holt McAuley yeah, plays Bill Tench yeah. in Mindhunter. Also, I had no fucking yeah. idea he's in Creepshow 2 apparently.
1: Yes, he's the he's the Native American uh, burglar. Ooh. What? Oh
0: wow! Okay. Yes. All right. He's in Three Kings too. That makes sense. He's a real got a real drill sergeant yeah. head.
1: Yeah. He's got a drill sergeant look too. I think him and I, I either he and David Fincher are friends. Yeah, or that would make sense. David Fincher likes to use this.
0: Well, same David Lyncher you know, David yeah. Fincher is kind of like. Central to Mine Hunter, so there's probably a connect there's probably a relationship there. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, so anyway, yeah, we're, we're a big fan of him, and I love him as Bill Tension Mine Hunter. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah. All right, all right, all right. So, so, uh, let's, let's get through, let's get through RoboCane. So RoboCane has his own freak out and manages to get hold of the Magnavox controller that, um, Julie, the hot scientist, uses to control him, just smashes it in his, in his little, in his weird little stainless steel robo claws. And, um, it starts shooting up everybody at the meeting, just like really chews through everybody with his minigun. Um, when, and then is confronted by Robocop who comes on, comes in with one of these bizarre, like, super rifles and starts blasting him to basically no effect, leading into the, um, you know, climax of the film in a, a long drawn out melee between Robocop and Robocane. Um, where finally Robocane is undone by actually getting what he wants. He gets hold of one of these, um, massive, uh, Hiroshima sized bottles of nuke, um, and yeah. puts it into his weird grabby port. And takes a takes a momentary breather, at which point uh, v- v- Robocop is able to do a dex check off of a nearby uh, garage, and get onto his yeah. back and rip out um, his wiring from the rear of his neck, and then finally rend his his eyeball spine brain kind of like uh, like flower yeah. bouquet out of him and smash yeah. it in the ground. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like completely uh, resolving 100% uh, that fight, like the, like Robocop is won and Kane is gone forever because of total brain destruction. Yeah, I got a lot of things to say about uh, <laughs> about that entire thing. First of all, um, I guess I'll I, I, yeah I'll bring this up since it's um, part of part of the monster. But Robo kanes biological parts—I'm yeah. pretty sure—is just his spine and his brain, and so the the drug must go directly into his brain. <laughs> to,
0: yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's—I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. presumably, I, I, I don't know. I—that I'm always wondering about that. I'm like, wait a second. If it doesn't have a mouth, is there just like a solution yeah. that he's floating in, and then the solution? Like they know how much of the drug to like pour into the solution, but you know, it's 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 your you, you think about it, and then somebody else gets like hosed down with a minigun, and you're like, okay, whatever. But
1: yeah, yeah. And and the other point that I was gonna make is that, um, Robocop brings to the fight, uh, the P50 assault yeah, cannon yeah, that's
0: the one I meant that
1: defeated him like RoboCop knew what defeated him so he brought uh the weapon to defeat Kane and I thought that was like kind of poignant yeah it and was
0: it was, it, it was good it was both it was it was I think it was poignant I will say from a person who has a sense of how production works it was probably also convenient as fuck because um yeah. <laughs> you know the, it was another case of they literally just had it laying around because um yeah. per, because yeah. the the works to The machinations to start creating RoboCop 2 happened, no shit, three months after RoboCop 2 came out, or RoboCop 1 came out, because (laughs) RoboCop 1 was so phenomenally successful that they were like, okay, let's dip back into this.
3: (laughs) I'd buy that for a dollar.
0: The, and that's one of the reasons that Robocop 2 ends up not quite living up to the first one is they set a date for when they wanted their new movie to come yeah. out to make a maximum amount of cash. And then being anchored to that, um, to that date of it coming being released in theaters, totally put the cart before the, her- the horse in terms of, you know, getting everything in line, getting the right director, getting the right script, you know, presumably if they had been more fluid about when it came out, they might've been able to get Verhoeven who was doing uh, total recall. That's why Verhoeven was yeah. busy. I, pr- you know, presumably, I don't know, Verhoeven may have said no to doing any kind of sequel, but if he wasn't doing something he really wanted to do, who knows? Because um, like RoboCop was so successful, and it was like perhaps the most yeah. Verhoeven-y of all Verhoeven movies, um, you know, even yeah. more so than like Starship Trooper, which is kind of yeah. like Verhoeven oh, okay, from, okay, for yeah, Gen yeah, Xers.
2: Right. <laughs> I say we take off and nuke the entire site for Morbid. It's the only way to be sure.
0: Yeah, well, if we have not already gone into the pocket, the apothecary. Hold on tight. Blast while we... into
1: the apothecary. <laughs> All right, I'm so going to go, we'll too, right so take your
0: time. <laughs> All
3: right. Hi there. My name is Douglas Rassensberger, and I'm a CEO and founder of Douglas' Have You ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality daily meats and seeds for a relaxing snack... And suddenly, there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy, short-handled, half-guarded naval sword. That's what. Here at Douglas and we've got every possible cutlass for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a cutlass for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a cutlass for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a cutlass for that. Some people say to me, But Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle-quality 27 inch half-guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield iron forged cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Raffensperger of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabbed with me. Please go to paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters.
1: Robocane had all of the bases covered for for the perfect weapon for twelve-year-old Gavin. Which was like um like a, a constant firing mm-hmm, yeah. gun, which would be the minigun, uh, a bigger caliber uh-huh, gun uh-huh. T- for to like explode things out of the way, um a melee weapon, and mm-hmm. uh things to manipulate things like little hands or something. And Robocane has four manipulators, which is perfect tools mixed with a gun that can fire constantly, a gun that can fire one big thing and, it, and a taser and a battering ram covering, covering melee. And, uh, the the little acetylene torch I would count as like flamethrower.
0: <laughs> uh, with all with all of that in mind, I should ask: Are you are you bummed that I that I scooped this topic out? No, no, that's out, fine. Out I you wouldn't have do it yourself.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have done uh, <laughs> okay. RoboCane uh, un- until like years. Yeah, it's really? got a lot going. on. I
0: mean, on it has yet. a lot going on, <laughs> but it there. But it, you know, it's still I think it's still relatively easy to talk about because you know you have a. It's it's like the Robocop transformation where you have the pre, you know, the man version and you see the change that it undergoes yeah. when it becomes synthetic. Um, so I think this is our first cyborg. Have we had any, I'm starting we had any to other forget robot characters? What we have done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got it in front of me. Uh, Trapjaw no, no, well, Trap Trap is a cyborg, and I think we is a cyborg, technically. Yeah. Trapjaw is certainly mm-hmm. a different flavor of cyborg. Yeah. And that's it. So we've got... The, it is our second cyborg, but definitely not um, at all, you know... Cyborg is definitely weak in Trapjaw's case. He's really yeah. a guy, basically, with some... With some mechanical aspects, as opposed to a, a, a real fusion of man and machine, <laughs> yeah. and
1: let alone cop. Yeah, Trapjaw, I would classify him as a uh, fantasy laser Borg instead of a cyborg. <laughs> yeah. All right. So
0: before I forget, um, I, I, wa- I want to mention that there's a, an, an inter- a like a fan recorded interview from a panel on YouTube where where Tom Noonan talks about his depiction of Kane. A lot of his scenes had to be reshot because Orion was watching the dailies and he was too funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 playing as a playing opposite of Peter Weller in the, the Robocop suit, it just didn't it just didn't they felt it didn't come together because like Noonan was just hilarious and, and Peter Weller stuck in the suit was just like a block of <laughs> ice and it just didn't seem to go. Huh. So um, his kind of like cool and calculating demeanor in the film is is apparently largely to his notes that he just needed to like
1: calm it yeah. down. Um, Man, I want to see those. Yeah, I want to see Tom Noonan being a goofball.
0: I, I I mean, Tom Noonan is just fantastic in everything that he does. <laughs> yeah. Whether he's playing yeah. a villain, um, you know, whether Francis Dollarhide or the the axe wielding maniac, last action, in, um, hero, last action which, hero, which
1: everybody shits on for some reason. <laughs>
0: I actually haven't seen that since really? the '90s, so I've been. It's on my. It's been on my list um, to
2: watch well, for a here's, while.
1: <laughs> here's a. Because
0: I still fucking love Schwarzenegger, as ridiculous as he is, I love
1: watching yeah, movies. With here's a right? weird, another weird. T- yeah, this episode's weird. Gavin' opinion is Last Action Hero is a really good fucking movie, and everybody shitting on it. Doesn't know what they're talking about. It's <laughs>
0: And also, by the way, I, you know, who knows how much bite we'll get on this, but if you're, if you're really into Tom Noonan, by, by looking into him, I, um, I found out he actually runs yeah. an alternative <laughs> cinema and, um, theater in New York that he's run since the fucking 80s. It is called The Paradise Factory. He produces he works to produce his own work, to put on shows, to, to show, alternative movies nice. um, and to produce the work of people that do his workshops and um, work with his group. So if that sounds like an interesting thing, check out the paradise org. It is um, Tom Noonan's, probably his main passion. I imagine he makes really um, movies that are really on a polar uh, emotional range than, uh, than the kind of movies he's famous for in, in Hollywood. Um, he had kind of like an emotional crisis at some point where he just just bought out of the this kind of movie and, and couldn't do it anymore because it just like put him in the wrong mental space and and went back to really small emotional things that are much less famous but much more gratifying for him, I'm sure. Um, and if you haven't seen his absolutely hysterical <laughs> performance as the scary uh, priest in um, the Louie Show. Uh, it is really good. Did you see that, Gavin, in the, in the, the Louis C.K. show? The fi- just find the episode no. with, um, Tom Noonan in it. No. It, it's a, it's like a very rare flashback where Louis's like 10, 11 years old. <laughs> And Tom Noonan plays the like terrifying priest of his church. And it is really good. Um, it is very, very good. Yeah. Regardless of whether you personally hate Louis C.K., which I think is a total thing totally appropriate thing to do, um, you know, watch that episode because it's very scary. Um, so Tom Noonan's great. Um, Robocane is um very scary and interesting. Robocop 2, actually very fun to watch still extremely entertaining and in terms of like in terms of sequels it's not the worst sequel it's still pretty damn good as sequels go
1: yeah this is another one where um like this this is a big thing that people have where where they'll fight about it ruining the original one and and I don't know what all of you super nerds are talking about it's people who call themselves nerds like, oh, the second one's garbage. Like, where do you get that? It's it's part of the franchise. This is the same as Predator and Predator 2. They go together. They mix well. You can watch them right after each other, and it's amazing. And I don't know why you think that you need to yell about the second one being worse. It's
0: <laughs> It totally still yeah. feels like part of the same world and it doesn't you know it it's it it has a different flavor but it's not yeah. a complete you know departure from the first one if anything predator 2 is a little bit farther out <laughs> yeah. because it, you know it's it's, yeah. it's it's a change of setting and you don't have the same main character but um it, it, it it's interesting i think it's a fairly good comparison yeah. all right well now that we have um yeah uh, handled robocane Let's get to the almost end of the almost show. Now is the point where we must ask ourselves: Is it? Is Robocane?
3: Is it? Is it? Is it, is it, is it? Bitchin' Van Art?
1: Is
0: Bitchin' hmm. Van Art?
1: Um, I don't know. He's wow. He's kind of a. He's kind of a. Uh, well, you, first of all, you're gonna have a van yeah and then he kind of looks like a vehicle himself. The
0: thing is, yeah, that's one of the things is all of the Robo all of the Robo yeah. creations kind of look like cars yeah and that's even brought up in the production <laughs> like the production designer of Robocop 2 talks about um you know you have to light Robocop like a car um, yeah and so there it's it's not um, it's not a bizarre comparison at all. So in a way, you've kind of got a, a a hat on top of a hat. I, hmm, man. I mean, he's definitely bitching, and, yeah. and but I kind of am struggling. I'm struggling to see. I'm, trying, I'm struggling to see it in my mind and go like, "Fuck yeah," you know, like I, yeah, no. like it's, it, like it's. it's it's cool. Bitchin on its
1: own, it's not co- as Van Art.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a weird it's a weird case where it's it's not Van Art, but it is Bitchin. Yeah. I yeah. so um yeah, that's odd. Like I <laughs> uh, like I Yeah,
1: Bitchin Art, yes. Bitchin Van Art, no.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to like have a picture like a mural of the of the various like RoboCops and failed RoboCops. Yeah. On a mural, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, like selling yeah. me, selling me sunblock 5,000 yeah. or whatever. But, um, no, it just doesn't, it doesn't click on its own as bitch and van art. Weird, cause I, my intuition had been yes, but I, yeah, no, I think you're right. All right. That is a thumbs down from two, two thumbs down on bitch and van yeah. art. All right. Is it, is it, is, 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 is it, it
3: bitch and van art?
0: So now that we're out of bitch and Van Art, Gavin, have you brought us a Tom Hardy
1: in to
0: the shop for our edification? The segment on the show
3: where we describe Tom fucking Hardy.
1: Where did Tom Hardy go? He's in pictures. Okay, let me grab.
0: That Tom Hardy, he's in pictures now.
1: He's in
2: pictures.
1: (laughs) All right, I put it in resource (laughs) up. There's the picture of Tom Hardy in resources in the Discord. He
0: likes to wear a lot of these of these bracelets in his off time.
1: Gee donk, uh, I call it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he looks like. What does he look? He's very casual. He looks like he's at a cafe, or it's it's some somewhere that's got um, bad art on the wall, and he's kind of. Eh, He's, there's flash photography this is not I don't know what this is he kind of looks like like playing Dungeons and Dragons and somebody has like turned to take a picture of him he's like oh I guess it's picture time uh, he seems yeah. very surprised <laughs> and disoriented
1: yeah yeah that's um I've Pick this picture because it's, uh, it was taken during an interview where he talks about drinking and he's like 13 years clean, I think, in this picture or clean, or clean. um, sober, whatever you want to call it. He hasn't drank in 13 years and the picture looks like he's drinking in a bar.
0: <laughs> Tom Hardy, in his regular life, he kind of he kind of gives off like gap, like lazy gap model or like the handsomest guy that works at the head shop vibes. You know, like he's got real like college town, college town, bro. Like, but you know, goes to the gym a lot kind of energy. He's, it doesn't, he doesn't always strike me as like, like a, a superstar, if you just take a picture of him on the street. He kind of just looks like just yeah. looks like a guy.
1: Yeah, that's um well that's kinda that's kind of what heroes look like. Yeah, that <laughs> 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 I mean that's what like adventurers, um I, I don't know how to put it. People that do crazy things in their lives, like people who are proactive people who uh do things like uh skateboard off of buildings for a hobby, you know, <laughs> okay. you know, crap like that. Look kind of like dudes, um, especially whenever they wear clothes. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I can definitely imagine him in this photo, like at Tony Hawk's house, playing Tony Hawk's pro skating on PS2.
2: Yeah. You, yeah. you
0: know what I mean? Like this guy definitely like brought his dog and some Coors Light. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, ironically, I know up to some level, but you get what I mean? Yeah.
1: I also like this picture because he's wearing all that gee donk and sometimes throwing a bunch of bracelets on your arm, um, is a compulsory, uh, dress your arms up type of thing that uh, you do.
0: Yeah. I want, I, I bet he's <laughs> on some level a very, you know, it, this gives off a kind of like, um, um spiritual but not religious or like here let me tell you let me tell you the story about this wooden you know like tibetan bracelet vibe or whatever the fuck yeah. it is like i bet i yeah. bet if you ask him and then ask him and then ask him again he might tell you what all that shit is about but um yeah. he's probably tired of
1: talking about it's it like, it's because cuz i was alive in 1992 and we used to just put crap on our wrists <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah i lived through i watched uh that tub thumper video too many times and um i i didn't get that job as an mtv vj so this is how i dress yeah (laughs) jesse camp got my gig so uh now i'm an (laughs)
1: international superstar jesse camp
2: uh.
0: All right, so that has been
1: this edition of...
3: The segment on the show where we describe Tom fucking Hardy.
1: So I went this entire show Uh without bringing up Robocop's gun is the Ares Predator.
0: Um, is it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. How,
0: um... So the Ares Predator is the is the emblematic gun of the nerdiest of nerd games, the tabletop game Shadowrun that we were a big fan of when we were thirteen. I don't disagree with you. Isn't it? It is. It's a. It is a. It's a made up. It's a built up version of another gun. Factually, I know,
1: right? It's a Beretta. 93 R with like the um, big, with but, a big honking bullshit. Like, yeah, um, like with a, with a bunch of gee like heat, on it. Heat, yeah <laughs> like a heat,
0: big fake heat casing over the top yeah, front to make it big, look twice as big. Yeah,
1: it's got a big fake, like, uh, uh, I guess it would be where the smart gun sensor would go. Like a, a, a graded looking thing under the barrel that looks kind of like a PS four,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they, the, like, the yeah lines. they added
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, there's also um, yeah a heat shield like a recoil compensator heat shield on top that is kind of added. I guess you would need that if it's automatic, which they did make it. And um, I think it was supposed to have an extended clip, but then it wouldn't fit in his hip. So
0: yeah, they they one of the yeah. production team did make a big uh, a big stink about how um, from one to two they were going to change because he always it always fires in these like in the three round bursts. And then they, they almost changed it between movies and then everybody flipped out and they're like, okay, we'll take the three. We'll make it sure it's the same three round bursts. Cause gun, (laughs) cause gun people are fucking wackadoo about that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) You can't change the gun. Uh, All right. So this has been, let me tell you about that gun with Gavin Longshanks. Yeah! And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time, when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bollywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff.
1: And if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes, and engage the Instagram, too, it really does help.
0: Share an episode on your favorite social media. Hit up that Instagram at oopsallmonsters. And if you get us, like I described at the beginning of the show, with $20 at paypal.me or um, at the Patreon for at least five, only five dollars a month between now and January 5th, you will automatically be entered into the raffle for the amazing John Delancey as Q from Star Trek The Next Generation 8-inch toy that we will send out to you via uh, the most efficient means possible. So, um, lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess,
1: and I have
0: been Gavin, and we have been—oops, oops, all, all terminal oops, errors. All,
1: oops, all Tom Noonan is Nuka. Give me Nuka, Tom Noonan. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see if I can find out some fucking way to <laughs> to ogre
0: that up because yeah. I I am not an audio designer of that
1: caliber. That is that guy's main thing. I just pretend. I am a robot now. Now I am a brain inside a robot. I am a robot. (laughs) Yeah. Okay.